0: Welcome back to the Football Index Podcast. It's episode 99 and today I'm joined by what many will feel is a very interesting guest at this point in time. uh, Mr. ASP, the near uh, a million pound portfolio man who uh, went into hiding, is that fair to say?
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could say that, although I think there were a few uh, choice tweets in that time. but I, I suppose that's a fair assessment, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there was lots of rumours about what had happened, where you'd gone, what you were doing, and uh, it all got a bit muddled. So I suppose one of the things we're here to do is set the record straight before we really delve into the mm. to the world that is FI, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Happy to, happy to. Uh,
0: there, are, <laughs> there were a lot of questions. Go through a couple miscellaneous ones. Uh, uh, Football Index Hatter, Lukaku currently... Top of media because of being racially abused. What does your girlfriend
1: think? (laughs) Uh, Here we go. (laughs) I haven't actually asked her, actually. It's probably the same as before. But uh, no, so I think this question goes back to something. I can't remember what I wrote before, but it was probably a few months ago when, um, yeah, I think it was a similar situation. Oh, it was Moise Keane. That was the one. Moise
0: Keane. It was pretty much this time last season, wasn't it? At the same ground, which is pretty ridiculous.
1: And I think there might have been a few others. To be honest, actually, this Lukaku one, I think I've missed a few, but I think my overall perspective on this, I don't know, I think I find it quite disappointing, I think, but I guess not entirely surprising that some people don't apply um, their thinking caps to this. I mean, these things are such sensitive issues Mm. that you're essentially creating a micro market of gambling or trading in racial abuse, which I, I mean, you can look at it as a sort of, oh, you know, this is a media buzz algorithm. and whoever's top sort of wins but I just think people have got to take a bit of a step back I mean you, like I said you're basically creating a market is pretty ridiculous I mean kind of think or well, I imagine what might happen in future if there's something on the line when we had the controversy a few years ago or how many years ago it been more than a few years ago where you know if that was the case now you probably would have days and weeks of articles you know about the n-word on football index just like every day players picking up points and, and, and real money being paid out to customers based on this, which I don't know. I just think it seems just pretty distasteful from that perspective. But then also you know, just from a PR perspective, I just feel like, you know, any any business, if this was a bigger business, I think at the moment, not a lot of people, I mean, obviously it's entering the mainstream potentially a little bit, but, you know, any big business that had any sort of, you know, issue where there was sort of racism involved, you'd always err on the, on the side of caution with these things. I mean, surely. I mean, from a PR perspective, you always are on the side of caution with these things. So I just can't imagine if FI was bigger and, and was in common culture. And, you know, if we were in Euro 2020 and sterling rockets up a pound, you know, for getting monkey chance at, at the tournament, I just find all that sort of stuff, just it's like a total bubble. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what your perspective is. Maybe it's completely different, but it just seems, you know, detaching yourself from what FI is, it just seems quite strange. And also, I don't even know from... Technicality, I don't know what the laws are like across Europe, but hate crimes, I'm pretty sure, are catered for in criminal code. So I'm not even sure if technically it should be. But I guess that's another point. I think the, the bigger point for me is just as I said, it's, it just seems strange. And you know, unfortunately, we live in a time where these things appear to rear their head again. And say this could be something that pops up all the time now. And it's not really again, as we sort of said before in relation to the scoring, it's not really anything to do with what happens on the pitch and you know rewarding ideally what happens on the pitch more especially during the season
0: yeah i think it's such a sensitive issue isn't it and i think to your point about the kind of hate crimes potentially in in some countries or across europe i know there's kind of different laws in the us about like freedom of speech and stuff and we won't get into those kind of worms and but by no means am i an, an expert of the law but for me i wouldn't want to see this included in kind of the media rankings i agree overall it is distasteful and I think that the more that Fi reflects on the pitch actions I think the better and I think that was it a football index frog a few episodes he talked about how Ozil had won more dividends for being dropped and being kind of over the hill in terms of his ability on the pitch had won more dividends than a big selection of PB players or so-called players that had done really well on the pitch so I think for FI to, again, be very sensitive and remain a kind of positive player when they do eventually become a much bigger company, and we're talking, you know, having like 500 employees rather than just under 100, and we're talking about having 2 million customers rather than coming up to 500,000, you want to be as sensitive as you can to as many different things as you can. I mean, I've I've talked to (laughs) a few people on group chats about like, I wonder what media buzz would do if the first proper professional player with a large enough profile came out as gay or i mean it would be people would be buying him like crazy just because of the media buzz right and you know a lot of people would applaud that as good trading and you could make a lot of good uh, money sure but does it actually reflect on the product as well as it should be and if football index is kind of at the forefront of innovation in the betting industry then maybe explaining to someone that Lukaku's going up because he's just been racially abused, is not they don't really match up. And it seems to be kind of... The thing I think about it is I sympathise with FI because it is a can of words to some extent, and it's also probably low on their priority list, but it is also potentially a low-hanging fruit. We saw with Alexis Sanchez and tax fraud and Ronaldo and the the rape allegations that these things can be removed if they want to.
1: Yeah, I guess I probably have a couple of points just to ask you on that and because i agree with you but i mean it kind of comes back to the point that we've been talking about for a while which is that you know it's a it's a product unfortunately of the current system and you know at what point do they actually create a system You because know, media is, as we all know has to be a part of this product to make it you know full 365 day a year um you know product but at what point are they actually going to you know look at this not just in respect to this point we're talking about but just all the you know inadequacies that we talked about before the biases you know the uk focus and, and try and actually create something which you know just automatically um you know calculates whether it's social media you know news feeds etc but it calculates based on you know real world footballing events i mean it's just um just something that i think again we, we, we've come back to and yeah i guess it's not a priority but again we're sort of closing down now as we go towards, hopefully, a new site in order. We're closing down now the sort of list of, of things that need to be done. I mean, it's got to be something that is, is not so far down a list of priorities. But I guess the other point I was asking was, you know, if that's my view and that's your view, why? Because I saw, you know, I don't read them all, but I see quite a lot of messages about people sort of defending this. I mean, what do you think is behind people sort of being OK with this? Because for me, it's not OK.
0: I think the only logical thing that I can think of is, and again, I'm trying to attribute logic to it, which is not always easy, um, that people think that if a can of worms is opened, and we've seen it before with you know, Mo Salah and Mohamed Salah both being attributed to the media buzz scoring for Mo Salah the footballer, <laughs> that there may be other things that are contended with, whether it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they could be, but there are various examples where you know if this isn't attributed to media buzz, then suddenly someone can say, "Oh, hang on, mm. um, what about this and what about that?" And I think that maybe Fi think that they're getting away with maybe not having to deal as with as many complaints if they just say no, it's not changing. And I think yeah. maybe some users kind of think, "Well, I could see how this snowballs into uh, loads of people tweeting about, oh, if that's removed, then what about this and what about that and what about this and." I guess that's the only kind of thing that I can maybe think that is behind some of those tweets and messages.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Mm, it's,
0: it's. Yeah, I think the the whole media buzz scenario right now is probably a bit ancient. It's kind of not changed since the beginning of football index. And if you look at that in comparison to PB and beyond the pitch actions, which has had PB and in play dividends kind of developed really well and, and in quite depth um compared to mb but we mustn't kind of just chuck it in the corner and, and treat it as the kind of ugly duckling it is the thing that kind of fuels it 365 days a year as you mentioned and i would like to see you know biases taken out in an ideal world stuff like what's happening with lukaku what happened to moise last year uh taken out and their price is not rising because they're being abused at their workplace and would I like to see, you know, Marker and Le Keep and these other European outlets put uh, put into the matrix? I think I probably would. And I actually think it wouldn't negatively affect the top players on the index for sure. Like if you look at Neymar and Pogba, for example, the two biggest talking points of the summer, I think they still would have won in the same amount of media buzz or more if we had more media outlets. For me, it's I don't see this as big a change or as big a problem as changing the PB matrix because with mb it's still going to be the superstars that kind of have that weight and bias to some Mm. extent on media buzz so i wouldn't see as much money shifting left and right whereas with pb recently like the whole table was flipped and we kind of didn't really bat an eyelid so i think with mb people maybe need to stop being worried about that and and think about um what could be done for the product Uh, and there are many things that can be done but you know
1: I mean, I think especially as we go, and i said this before, as we go to international expansion, it just makes even less sense the way it's set up currently. But I guess then, you know, I have always been someone that's been in favor of innovation and change and sort of not being scared of it. But I guess the question would be, how would you structure it? I.e., would you have one, you know, global table incorporating all local news feeds? Or would you have, for example, you know, five small separate payouts? So the biggest media story in Spain this day got a small payout in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe the only question.
0: Well, I mean, there's no reason the two can't be mixed, right? You could have the separate one and then kind of a global winner, so to mm. speak, mm. in the same way that we have PB for each position and then the star man. So yeah, to speak.
1: yeah I think the main thing is, it's just, it just, I've always said as re- reflecting the football world as far as possible. And, you know, so if, for example, you've got at the moment, you could have a classico tomorrow and uh, you know, Benjamin Mendy could score, you know, a winner in the 90th minute. And realistically, that's probably the biggest story in football that day, barring anything mm. else, exceptional happening. At the moment, that sort of thing just isn't catered to or, or anyone else. It's just the fact that this is, a, and I understand why we've come from here at a very UK biased, you know, product is, is, um, you know, we need to, and hopefully they are starting to think about how we sort of move into a more internationally focused product
0: yeah so we'll move on to the next question here from rc did you ever find the bloke that rallied your wife so hard over the kitchen counter that you totally (laughs) lost your head for a few months if so what were the
1: repercussions (laughs) unfortunately i didn't but uh if anyone finds and i'll have a healthier reward from my uh portfolio that i'll just shout (laughs) but i don't really know what the question means
0: (laughs) I mean, it's hard really to know what RC means in general, but there was a period like, you know, you said you were leaving Football Index, mm-hmm. uh, and then there were some interesting tweets to say the least. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to shed some light on some of those?
1: I don't know. I, to be honest, I can't remember exactly now, but I think what from thinking back, I can't remember what I said. I think I was saying something, and then I just found it interesting how, given. I mean, four years now on Football Index you've seen, you know, if you've been on that long, you've seen probably the most shit that obviously there's some really good people on there, but you've seen probably the most shit that you'll probably ever see online. I mean, there's some ridiculous stuff. So I just, I think I probably found it interesting that I said something or a few things and there was such a big response from people that A, I probably had never spoken to, B, don't even know me, and just generally, Thought it was quite amusing, given I think the level of relative calm there is towards some of the absolute nonsense you see on a daily basis, which people just happily tweet. So I think, given that I found that quite funny, I think I probably thought I'd get along with it for a bit. But then I think that I realized that I could maybe use it for some other purposes.
0: <laughs> now we'll probably dig into that a little bit more in a bit. Yeah. Uh, F.I. Willock, were you banned for manipulating the market on players like <laughs> Dembele? And I'm telling you, like, people were convinced that you were banned. So why don't you delve into that a little bit
1: yeah yeah so but which dembele i mean there are like four or five dembele's in the world
0: (laughs) i don't know maybe it's
1: i don't know i don't remember what would have happened but no i wasn't and i mean i don't even know well how would someone manipulate the market i guess is the first question because i i have no idea how that would happen especially on with you know just one person Uh,
0: i guess people could say that since you have such a large portfolio you could list a load of shares uh get people to panic sell Mm. and then unlist your shares and then buy
1: i mean that's just what happens on trading platforms isn't it that's not really i feel like market manipulation is a group of people getting together and i guess doing what you're saying in a group Mm. i think uh i don't think there's anything wrong with as, as we might see more with order books you know people sort of trying to trying to spoof the market if they're big enough but no i don't i to be honest i don't really have the time for that sort of thing and no, no need to i mean i've done i think i've done pretty well for myself on the platform so unfortunately no it was nothing to do with that um as much as people want to believe it mm-hmm. moz are here
0: uh, interested to know why you went through a phase of publicly damaging the fi product surely you realize in doing this you weren't helping anyone especially yourself if you stayed Also, did you leave for index for a period of time? And then I think Fi Genesis is a, you know, pretty simple. Why did you do what you did?
1: Mm -hmm. No, I never left in relation to that question. Now I've been on, I can't remember, I think I'm user number 2800 or something. Wow. The early ones, but uh, yeah, and I never left since then. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think what happened was obviously, I think initially, as I said, whatever those tweets were, comments, we were slightly playing up to, as I said, the, the fact that people seem to be taking very seriously in relation to other stuff that probably should have been taken seriously. But I think I realized actually that, um, you know, I had, had a reasonably captive audience. And also, I think given the context of, of what was happening, um, with the product, and I think especially in relation to what was happening with the pb scoring, um, I felt I saw an opportunity to, to potentially, you know, whether I did or not, people will debate. I personally think I did, you know, shape the agenda. So, you know, I started to, as I said, make it appear that um, I wasn't on FI anymore. That I left a rival product. Obviously, people knew the problems that I had with the scoring and the lack of improvements to the product, et cetera, et cetera. And there are a few other things I could probably talk about, but I guess if we talk that talk about that one first. I mean, I don't. I personally don't think, based on what I saw, based on a few, you know, messages I had, or based on a few communications I had. You with know, the company, I don't think it's, it's a coincidence at all that the PV scoring was, you know, apparently rammed home, um, you know, in the last minutes before the season started, with a few questionnaires without any. What what, sort of what were
0: those communications with the company out of interest
1: like? So I mean, this is the funny thing is that people. I remember when this, um, and to be honest, I haven't even used this yet, but I remember when there was a tweet from Football Index about um, priority customers or customer service or yeah. something. People, again, because I just i slick through the TL, you know, I don't tweet a lot of the stuff through the TL, and I remember people getting in a massive hissy fit over, you know, oh, this is like um, priority, like sort of class warfare, da, 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 all this nonsense, when it's a pretty straightforward business case where for most gambling companies or any company, you know, you look after your biggest customers. Now, in relation to, you know, to this stuff we're talking about since communication, I mean, it's no secret to know that, there are relationship managers for the bigger accounts, and it's no secret, to, to, you know, and you'll probably know this from way back when the company was a lot smaller. But yeah, you know, there was a time when you know, there was direct contact with um, yeah you know, the management, and and mm. and that's you know still the case for some customers. So people don't know about uh, people think that this product's got to where it is just by. Um, you know, FI's you know fabulous decision- making and we all know for a fact that you know there have been some shocking decisions made from there and whether it's announcements, etc cetera, etc cetera, which you know they've had to call back on I can remember a time when you know no one knows this but when Ipos came out the idea or, or the fact that uh, instant Cell was suspended that was actually something that I had suggested in direct communication with the company they hadn't even thought of that um, that's an example of a, of a similar thing there's another example which I haven't even talked about before. I could probably talk about now, but there was a time in uh, September, no, I December 2017, and uh, this was way back. You know, you'll remember this was still at a time when the index, you know, no one knew whether it was going to survive the next month or so. It was still quite early. The PB debacle had just happened in in, in <laughs> September, which basically, you know, it scared the shit out of everyone, and you know, again, just put everyone on edge. And I got an email in uh, December 2017 from um i won't tell the name but basically a guy that used to work for fi in thailand uh, on the on one of their senior devs who i think i think they started out having their tech there i don't think it's there anymore mm. a lot of their tech team was there so i get this email and um basically from this guy he <laughs> essentially just starts making up all this nonsense about fi which you know now I, everyone knows to be nonsense but at the time you know people would have taken very seriously he was saying i remember me, that like, was the guy
0: that, that put out that blog didn't he
1: uh, I don't know if it's the same guy. What did that guy say?
0: I don't know, but he just basically said that he'd done a lot of work for FI and wasn't paid and stuff. And like, everyone was kind of like, well, this is random as hell. <laughs> like it's just mm. a random dev from
1: Thailand. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was the same guy. Yeah. It was the same yeah. guy. And he was basically saying, you know, he sent me this email saying, I know you're, you know, you've invested the most on this platform. He had all my details. He had the amount I'd invested. It was pretty scary actually. Oh, especially that time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah and um that's really really scary yeah yeah, it was really (laughs) scary and this is this is what i'll get back to the main point that we're talking about as to why this is relevant but um and and, you're saying stuff like um oh you know the prices don't go up and down because of people buying them they go up because FI control them and all this stuff and FI are about to go bankrupt and people gotta remember you know this is way back in when when all these things if i for example had you know, reveal this to people. And I didn't tell anyone. I actually just had a conversation with, with the company and we sorted it out and everything was fine. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is that luckily that was okay. But to think that there's no conversations between the company and and, and large accounts is just naive. So when it comes to you know, the PB scoring, you know, everyone knows that it's something that I've been concerned about for a long time. And I guess to the point that you're talking about, yes, I pushed hard for it um, with the company, but to be honest, the point about this um, sort of hiatus for the last four or five months. And the reason why, you know, I think that it's done the job is because, again, as I said, you know, I have been aware, whether it's from the TL or from company that, you know, in that period, there was a vociferous response, not just in relation to this, but I think people genuinely along with late dividend payments, tech problems, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And a fear that, you know, the company wasn't moving forward. So, that's the impression I got from all parties, and as I said, I don't think that's any surprise that we saw, um, you know, a, a, yeah, an apparently sort of semi-rushed through scoring system before the end. Even though obviously they did consult with Opta, etc. So that's really the, the justification behind that. And again, people can think, you know, whether it was or not wasn't the reason. It, to be honest, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The main thing is that it got done, and if I did something to help that, then I'm happy. But you know, if not, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's done
0: did you never think that maybe i'm doing more bad than good because seeing um you know this so publicly from such a large account many of which you probably kind of encouraged to go bigger many of which you probably you know helped acquire through kind of Mm. not getting viral posts but kind of like well-spread posts you know i mean Mm. by posting your portfolio and stuff do you not think that this may have done or could have done more, more bad than good
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my view on that is two things. One is, so there are some other reasons, which again, I didn't actually sit in a dark room with a lamp and kind of come up with a a master plan, if you can call it that. But these things sort of just came up as I was doing it. And one of the other things that I think people don't appreciate is, (laughs) I joked, I think, during this time that I was getting DMs. I wasn't getting that many DMs, but prior to this happening, (laughs) prior to this happening, I would get a lot of messages from people, basically, and I didn't really like it too much. I was always polite, but people always asking me, you know, how, how much have you got in? When are you withdrawing? You know, let me know before mm. you, you know, get out. Da, da, da. And it was <laughs> just, I'm basically, people are trying to use me as a barometer as to how they view the risk on their investments, which, you know, to me, I didn't appreciate. But the bigger thing than that in terms of the overall product was one of the fears, and again, going back to the last four years, there have been so many things over the, over the timeline of this product That people have been nervous about which we've got over whether it was liquidity whether it was with it only being median or performance whether it was with in play dividends one moment was the worst thing now it's the best thing um you know pb scoring was changed and that was going to ruin everything there were all these fears and one of the biggest fears was and it's not talked about now and when these things pass people forget forget about them and they think oh that was never a big deal but there was a big thing before this about oh Everyone was concerned about when a big trader leaves and sells up Mm, that mm. either FI wouldn't have been able to pay out or the platform would crash. And actually that, again, going back to the point about that email I didn't um, produce and and show people to sort of help the platform, that was actually one of the big things was to hopefully show people. And again, I remember reading the TL after, there was a lot of comments about actually people were quite happy because it showed that a big trader could leave and obviously apparently leave and it not affect anything and in fact go on to flourish so actually that sort of stress testing of the platform and again people can say oh you know you're not actually that important to the platform that's great but you know that was a fear back then and definitely now you know i don't really hear anyone talking about that anymore um as being an issue or potential worry
0: especially after we saw football index chat i think mm. recently yeah, and, and leave the play. Yeah. i mean you know we're talking about 300k yeah big amount portfolio that just kind of left the market um yeah. So, you know, if we're talking maybe that that is, I don't know, is 0.5% of the market just going like click of mm. the fingers, then mm. I think that's pretty good news. But did you not think that maybe there was like a better way to go about this? Because the thing that I, you know, I never believed that you'd left and I thought that you were just, I don't know, being being quite nuts. <laughs> One thing that I kept thinking was maybe... If this is what he's doing, is there a better way to do it, or was there yeah. a better way to do well, it? So
1: I guess let me ask you this question because in relation to the PV scoring, right, and, and regardless of whether or not you know this had anything, but just take this as an example of, of what I feel like, unfortunately, has to be dealt with when you're talking about potential, you know, innovation changes the agenda. I guess for FI, right, who in their right mind now? Would change this performance scoring back to how it was before, i.e., removing all the new actions, removing key passes, remove reducing assists. Like, uh, tell me how many people would do that now? Genuinely, I don't think anyone would. But right, so take us back to you know, but just take us back to before. Right, how many people, and this was a lot, were so insistent for probably two years, nearly, that any changes, any material changes. Especially without a bonus or a dividend increase, would be the worst thing ever, and absolutely shouldn't happen. And that they would sell up, blah 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 blah, for two years. And where are those people now? No one's saying anything. For me, that's the sort of unfortunately, that's the sort of lack of intelligence. Along with,
0: I think that's just kind of human emotion, though. I don't know if I'd call it lack of human like intelligence. I think
1: maybe for some it is human emotion. You can call it human emotion.
0: Fear is always going to be a burden for a lot of people than optimism like that's just kind of human psychology right we always feel pain twice as badly as we feel kind of like wins so to speak so the fear of potentially losing a lot of money because of potentially a big you know even if it wasn't going to affect you that badly you know there might have been some people saying or thinking ah crap if i'm on the bad end of this i could be in in for a pummeling and you know it yeah, fine. Well happened. then
1: we can call it then irrational fear, because rationally sure, f- sure. index we're never going to change anything that would materially, you know, negatively yeah. impact people's bets. So yeah, if we can call it fear, we can call it unfortunately, there has been in relation to this or other things, unfortunately a huge amount of irrational fear, which you know has inevitably held back the product and probably will continue to, and unfortunately, is always gonna be something that has to be dealt with. But as I said, this was a case where could it have dealt with been dealt with a different way? I didn't feel so, given that you know, as I said, the people that I'm talking about with these irrational fears were so adamant for so long, and you know, again, from my understanding, there were some quite big traders who were very, very against any changes. That again had some weight. So personally, I felt the only way to do it was to try and influence enough people um, to push for it enough, which you know, I think was done.
0: I thought you were doing well in that, though normally without the kind of tweets and the the hiatus let's call it i think you were you know through the pods through your tweets i think you were you actually had a lot of people on board whether they were big traders or or new users Uh, did you Mm. not think of maybe i don't know and you can say that you might have time constraints or whatever but maybe you know tweeting more or continuing that
1: kind of crusade I mean I personally I thought you were doing quite well in that regard, really really. Yeah, I mean I personally think again, going back to FI, I again, even though obviously I, I, I rate them very highly, like I said about the point about the IPOs and the instant sell being, you know, I just don't think even now, you know, with dividends still not being paid out, I think they're finally realizing but I don't think they will on anything ever take too many risks without a huge amount of people pressuring them. And I personally think we've seen the same thing. Um, the same sort of lack of understanding or, or clear thinking on things um, with the IPOs, which I just, yeah, personally, I don't think that any sort of communal approach, sort of nicey-nicey um, would have ever done anything. And I don't think it would have influenced enough people to actually have got on FIs back enough to get it done. You know, they could, they've easily kicked it back into next year and just carried on focus on the tech. That's my view. But I, yeah, I mean. I personally don't think it would have, but I can see what you're saying. I can see Mm, why mm. someone else might have taken Uh, a better approach.
0: I guess there's two ways to instill change, right? Mm, Fear or love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would have liked to personally see you have done that in that way. But I mean, if what you're saying is true and that's kind of pushed FI into um, changing the matrix, then I suppose that maybe you know in three months down the line people will look at it as a, as a defining moment for the platform however way it
1: was brought up do you know what i mean yeah i hope so i mean again ultimately i, I don't really care what anyone thinks about me hopefully it, it's and i think it already has made it a better product for everyone now and everyone in the future so if that's um if that's what happens in a result everyone or well, many people don't really uh rate me that highly i'm, I'm more than happy with that
0: So, what about the scoring matrix? Were you kind of happy with the outcome then after the kind of crusade? Actually, you know what? I've got one more question. Like the, you kind of referenced a a load of, I don't even know if I want to call them competitors, but um, Mm. FI adjacent products. Was there a reason for that? And we won't talk about them in in any detail, but was there a, was that kind of like another, you know, there's, there's competition kind of coming?
1: uh, No, again, it was just to create the impression, you know, One of the biggest traders on the platform is, you know, it's basically left because of a result of these things not happening and gone to a competitor. And that potentially means that, uh, you know, if I really need to pull their finger out again, you know, whether it's, it's probably a bit of poetic license just to add, it wasn't really the main, you know, thing. But I guess it, uh, I guess, I guess, unfortunately, it sounds really perverse, but sort of just like dug the knife in a bit more to make it a bit more of a pressure point. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Let's move on to that scoring matrix But Were you happy with it? Were you happy with the outcome?
1: Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think when I looked at it the first time, I was way more impressed in terms of the scale of the changes, especially given there was no dividend increase or bonus to sort of, at that time, what what people thought would soften the blow. I was pretty impressed by the scale of the changes and the number of new new metrics added and the tweaks done. I think, look, everyone's going to say, you know, that's enough now. And and I do think it's done, I think what should have been done the first time round, But yeah, I like the addition of, and the weighting of certain um, stats that keep ours. Do I think the balance overall is, I guess, not perfect, but, you know, final? No, I think maybe two, three years, there could be one small iteration based on a couple of seasons results. But for now, I think, given some of the um, peak scores we've seen, it does seem like it elevates the better performances above sort of the chaff a bit more than before, um, rather than it sort of being a bit closer and sometimes based on some arbitrary rating of stats. You know, there are some arguments still to say, you know, sometimes I see a player rack up a load of long passes and it seems like quite a lot. But I think that's that used to be the case for a lot of stats, um, like crossing. And unfortunately for me, I still think that's massively overrated. But I think, you know, overall, it, it's... You can never hope with this thing for it to be, you know, great and final. Uh, I think it's an iteration. And we always said it's a step in the right direction. I don't know what you think. There was something quite interesting in the comms,
0: actually, about how they may have alluded to new dividends tables or scoring tables being produced for the next season or before next season. I think there was something along those lines, which I found quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that I... um... I guess in a broader sense that uh, would be interesting to know. I mean, one of the concerns I have at the moment, not concerns, but sort of things that is on my mind is what is the situation for growing this platform with dividend increases? You know, is it something that is just going to be manually reviewed as and when? And if it's needed, it's needed. If it's not, it's not. Is it sort of an every season thing? Um, Is there going to be another metric that sort of influences that? I mean, I don't know if that relates to that or if that relates to something else, but it was interesting.
0: What do you make of kind of a lot of talk on Twitter about another dividend increase being needed or, um, you know, the business model it's in itself as how Football Index will be raising dividends forever kind of thing? Because I think we know that that obviously can't happen. But hmm. how do you think the product will evolve from that kind of standpoint?
1: So and I think I remember talking to people about it way back and, and the concern was over trading volumes, but I always thought we'd get there and I think we're getting there. As I always thought there'd be a, a system which fed back into dividends based on trading commission. I think before we even know whether we can get there, I think we've got to get the order book up and running, um, which I think will help. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't personally see a system working in the long term where it's just a sort of manual increase every 18 months. I personally always always saw this as something which was sort of like a dynamo. and Once it got to a critical mass, it sort of fed back on itself. But who knows? I mean, I guess at the end of the day, maybe you can make an argument for, you know, growing it to a certain amount, and then um, I suppose again, then trading within the market cap that uh, that the dividends allow. But then certain other things need to happen within that. So you know, there needs to be a working IPO system. There needs to be, as I said, the order book for efficient trading, um, and also we need to see. Which I don't think is necessarily a concern. I think people have a bigger concern about it than this. We need to see how the market dynamics react when there aren't regular dividend increases. But again, I think the last dividend increase before the shares it was quite a long time, so it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one for me. Again, as I said, I think the way it would work is we get to a sufficient volume of trading, and then that vol those trading volumes um, feed back into dividends, and so the, the market actually can rise quite significantly or potentially drop quite significantly depending on depending on the level of trading but there's always a flaw um to the cap yeah yeah that's the one
0: thing that i was gonna mention that there's a flaw to the clap uh the cap that would be quite interesting i wonder if um you know how many more jokers up their sleeves they have to kind of stimulate the market if we were in that kind of position um mm. be interesting to think about but what about in play dividends in relation to the current like pb stand what are your thoughts because at the moment, I've talked about in, in previous podcasts is how uh, we're kind of f- finally balanced at the moment where I think personally that IPDs are kind of as big as they can get right now in relation to performance buzz.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think there's always a lot of talk about them and for good reason, but I think, you know, as the season, you know, we're in the first month of the season, I think, as, and they were obviously increased um, just at the end of last season. And then there was the salmon. So I think as the season goes on, as as prices sort of push up obviously IPD yields um, only stay as good I guess for lower value players but even those lower value players probably price is going to rise I think the balance is right enough now so that you know again this shouldn't be a platform which is solely based on short-term trading but obviously I personally have always seen them as something which does what the football index intended it, it was to do which was to not have people waiting around for you know Lewandowski to score a hat trick. Two months from now and win PB, but for them to actually uh, buy him because they know he's going to score and actually win a little. Personally, I, st- I actually still think, even though that is the case, I still thought that a, a restructured scoring system with tiered PB would have been and still would be a better option. So that even if you know Lewandowski does score a couple of goals next week, he's still maybe likely to pick up a small dividend as a third place on a tier PB. And if you score well consistently or play well consistently you know, you pick up dividends over the season, even if it's just second or third place, rather than, you know, I still think we have a situation now where, especially in the absence of media, you're going to have players, especially strikers, that will score, even though I do think the Matrix actually does help them a little bit more, you're still going to have situations where players can play consistently well over the season, you know, having a phenomenal season, but still actually get neglected by the scoring system, which, you know, I understand that's the way it is, but that's actually one of the things for me that, has actually made me lose a a little bit of interest because you get to the weekend, you know, it's a treble day, you've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of players playing. You could know that, you know, three or four of them are going to have, or gamble that three or four of them are going to have stellar performances in a position, but, you know, only one can win and it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just a bit of a dampener for me, but I guess that's just the way they've decided it needs to be.
0: And I think Kieran's been on record saying that they probably won't, it's not an option, but uh, I think you've been quite vocal into potentially how it could, which is quite interesting and I think, it certainly would go against the IPD grain in terms of creating more long term holds and more players that you could hold throughout a season. I wonder if there's mm-hmm. anything that they could do. I don't know, and kind of like a uh, I don't, not a seasonal dividend, but maybe like a, another whether it's team of the week or whatever. Like I think there is there could be like another layer on top if that makes sense
1: do you think because i think i think that's the problem is unfortunately i guess it's the same for media buzz i mean this product basically grew out of or was tested on this sort of celeb based media product but then obviously mm. they bolted on up to two which was great but with the scoring system that maybe wasn't so great that's now been updated and also in play dividends have been added on so it's almost like i feel like it's trying to get to a place with quite clumsy maneuvering which would also potentially include what you're saying which could be good in theory is adding another metric which would help but it's almost like and i don't think this can be done now it's almost like if you were designing it from scratch would you design it how it is i'm not so sure mm, i don't think you would um, no i don't think so would. that's the only thing which is a little bit i don't know if it's concerning but it's like these are the sorts of things that are on my mind especially as a big investor it's kind of like what now, where is this going? You know, is this how you've settled on how this is going to work? And if it is, then obviously I need to evaluate A, if I'm happy with that, but be also as a relation to dividend increases, I need to know next year what I think roughly a player is going to be or in two year's time based on what you may do with dividends. And up till now, it's sort of been okay because, you know, the platform grows and you know, your portfolio grows a bit, but it's getting to the point where, you know, you kind of, and you've, you've said this before, I think on previous podcasts, you kind of need to, and we kind of need to have at least a feel or a roadmap as to what this is sort of going to look like as a semi-final product, which seems like we've lost almost a year in, in development for some reason, um, apart from the, the share spread, et cetera. It's like nothing seems to have really, obviously, just done the scoring, but I don't feel we're getting to that point as quickly as we could have.
0: I think to the credit and to the defense, I think they didn't anticipate the number of users that they got in the early mm. part of the year. And I only mm. really think that they kind of settled in terms of being able to cope with what was going on in ter- in kind of like April, May time. So mm, mm. I don't hold it too much against them that the product or the tech didn't kind of develop as I thought it would, because mm. they probably acquired like four or five times more customers than they anticipated mm. and probably way more that they could handle. But I do agree, like you can't expect that many people to make three year bets if they don't know what the rules will be in two years
1: yeah and i think again it's it's kind of okay you know i could say maybe say for the next 12 months it's kind of okay to still have this uncertainty and sort of trying to second guess but again it's i'm i'm sort of waiting now to sort of know really where this is going to be positioned which you know obviously everyone has been doing for a long time but you know this is the fourth anniversary next year will be the fifth anniversary and I'm not saying it's now, but it's for me it's kind of I'm sort of hoping now that we'll start to get more clarity. And I think we will. I think this year, you know, on a positive sense, I think this year is definitely going to be a foundational year in terms of I do believe we'll see the new the new site and I do believe we'll see the order book. I know that they started mentioning these things like you know 18 months ago, 12 months ago, or whatever, but I do think those two things will be foundational and hugely important for the future. So I'm hopeful that once they've got those two things out of the way you know, again, I don't think other than thinking about strategy and operational you know, aspects for international expansion, there's not a huge amount else, in my view, to, to really focus on other than just, you know, tidying it up and trying to, trying to position it as a final product. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I think there's obviously a few things that they can do. And that I think they will do the tech and is first and foremost, probably at the utmost priority. And that's something that they're probably looking to Nasdaq for help with and I I don't know what you thought of their kind of announcement the, the official partnership
1: yeah it's a strange one I mean obviously we've kind of known about it potentially for a long time nothing really then happened and then strangely coinciding with probably some of the worst tech issues we've ever seen it was sort of announced but then again nothing's really happened so I don't know is it something that who was controlling the PR, I don't know if it was FI or, or was NASDAQ. but Probably
0: definitely NASDAQ.
1: <laughs> yeah, so in that case, it's sort of strange because they've announced it, what was it, Two, three, two months ago? Yeah. Two months ago now? And then it's been obviously Zilch since from both sides. So yeah, I don't know what the strategy was there or what the rationale was there. But overall, I think, you know, I'm not a hugely technical person, but I have a lot more faith and, and confidence than anyone would in this product with, with a brand like that and the expertise they have in this sort of thing. Um, than fi doing it on their own definitely
0: jamie harwood has a question here in all honesty if asp is answering why he did what he did i don't think you'll have time for any other questions well luckily we do (laughs) but if you do what do you think fi's next big thing or idea will be and i'm sensing you're going to say order books
1: yeah i guess the interesting thing with i guess ideas is how they decide to implement them i guess that's the only thing because you know it's a huge step for the platform you can't just sort of slam it on i don't think you can just sort of slam it on there and expect everything so there needs to be some sort of strategy from their side as to how they do it um which i guess will be the interesting thing in terms of their next ideas to that um next big idea otherwise again i maybe this is again just coming from my perspective i think such ideas around the media need to happen but again and that's why i'm a little bit i guess impatient now is because i don't see a huge amount of massive innovation that needs to be done i think it's a good product i just think tidying up around things we talked about you know the ipos the database you know i personally would like to see this somehow be and i know there you know there are concerns about um reducing the value of bets etc but you know some way in which they can slowly grow the database um whilst maintaining you know at a reasonable level prices so that you know you genuinely can use your knowledge to spot football talent so if there's a you know a kid playing now for i don't know Bocca Juniors or something in the reserves you know and he's like 10p and he's like never played before then or if he's played a game and you and you've seen him you know you should be able i think to go on and buy him i think having this as you know a representation of of the whole world of football ultimately i think is something that would be hugely appealing and I I think it can be done with the right roadmap again to ensure that you know i know people complain when ipos are brought on that it reduce the value of their bets but you know i'm sure you can get it to a stage where you grow it to that point and then once essentially you have this sort of global database it just updates every year and, and the market sort of runs with it but um that's definitely something for me that i'd like to see and i think from what i've seen a lot of other people would like to see but obviously in conjunction with you know proper ipo system because that thing is complete joke. in
0: might be <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto that later won't we i think the global database kind of idea for footballers is interesting if i obviously have to be careful that these players are pros or at least kind of like mm, in mm, reserves yeah. games and stuff so that kind of beckons the questions as to how young you can ipo a player and how unknown players can be and then obviously would FI offer like a cash out on some of those players And they probably wouldn't want to especially if order books are here no i don't think they would want to give you an 8p by like a cash out on a player that's 10p that might not ever play football professionally
1: no No, and that's actually i guess in relation to the next big thing that's why and i know you said it in the right way because i said it before about order books and it is a bit boring to talk about but i'm really hoping that with order books we start to see much more realistic sort of market dynamics because at the moment. You know, and I've done this before, you can buy up players and even move the price, whether it's you or multiple traders, obviously not acting together, but just through the natural demand. You know, you can move up prices of players and and they're pegged basically because, you know, everyone thinks that there's an instant sell price Mm. at that amount. But you're not really getting the trade off of the risk or reward. I think at the moment the rewards are far higher for the risk that's taken on these players. And yes, I think, you know, generally FI will, will always ensure that there's some liquidity for a lot of players, but I think that'll be probably something that is a bit more exciting for me. Is you know, if there's a player like you said, and there's an order book, and you can buy someone at you know 30p, and there's, there's no demand for him, you know, you buy him and you buy him up at the risk that you're taking that you might not get it out. But at the same time, if no one else is buying them up, because obviously you know no one else, there's no one else you can sell to, you're going to get a massive upside if then suddenly the crowd you know chimes up to a pound. Whereas now that sort of happens but I don't feel like there's a huge amount of risk involved. I still think there's a massive cushion which is good for the moment I think in the platform the way it works but I think it's um, something that will help and also I think on the dividend-driven players again I think it'll give more I guess security in the market because when you look at the depth of the market for those players I think there'll be a lot more demand and rightly so to show that they're sort of safe holds. So I think the sort of dynamics and, and the, um, the sort of market information that you get from looking at the order book I think will create a slightly different dynamic not massively different but I think it will just take it into um sort of the next positive step to make it a sort of a more realistic trading platform I don't know what you think
0: Yeah I think it will certainly increase the risk for those players that don't necessarily have too much demand but are mm. just being kept afloat by large holdings of people that have bought at like IPO price or like mm. really low down and just held all the way that's kind of like why we've seen to a lot of extents the prices of like you know Sancho and and Greenwood and Mm. uh, hudson Adoy at such prices that they are because people have just kind of bought at the bottom and held forever and then if you have the next layers of people doing so then suddenly you begin to build and build and build on that base price no matter really if they perform well or not I mean I hazard a guess that if we had all the books in place and hudson Adoy does his Achilles tendon he's not falling two pounds from five pounds was it £5.40 uh, to £3.50 some, or something like that, he's probably falling a fair bit more. Like you could yeah. have players wiped out like 60, 70%
1: easily. Yeah, and I think, again, that's great for, again, that doesn't sound great for Callum hudson Doy, but it sounds great for the platform in terms of, again, it's uh, you know creating opportunities, creating in the right moments, you know the right volatility, which again creates opportunities. And as I said, I think in, in the players that do perform consistently well, creating the right stability, but yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely going to create some some good opportunities for for those injury situations or other situations, and good for FI because you know you probably are going to want to diversify a bit more. Then that creates more market movements, and um, I just hope and I uh, expect that they're coming up with a way to implement it properly.
0: Mm. Uh, next question from FI Headhunter here: How many players do you hold, and how much do you have invested in pound terms or money terms in your biggest hold?
1: So I never say how many I've got in my portfolio. I've always had for the last however sort of two years, I've always had less than fifty. Most amount of money invested in one player. Again, I'd say for the past two years, there's always been one player that I've had more than a hundred thousand pounds (laughs) in. (laughs) Damn! Is it the same player or is it? It's 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 changed. changed.
0: It's changed.
1: Yeah, it's changed
0: damn i mean that's a hell of a lot of money wish the best to you with that but i think there's been a lot of chat about kind of how people value players in general um mm. and there's been a lot of arguments as to you know their the kind of lifetime dividends i tried to do a video on it i think sam friedman who's a very smart guy um posted a blog about how players are valued and, and the rational way is the lifetime dividends but then there's a lot of like irrational thoughts that are kind of pushed onto that aka you know uh, price anchoring uh, discounting people not wanting to sell at a loss i wanted to get a bit your thoughts on a bit of that because obviously if you go big on some of these players massively like what's your thinking in terms of how you value them
1: yeah it's a difficult one i think we're getting to the point where it's not so much about i think it's going to become a lot more just sort of purely sentiment driven as I think we've sort of seen at the beginning of this season, you know, you've got so many traders now that can literally just switch on their phone, press a button and buy players that I definitely feel, and that's only even going to get more. So I think with the order book and with more customers is price pressure and sentiment, I think just really driving it rather than obviously there will be. And I think I am partly part of my strategy is like this. And a lot of others are sort of cold calculated, um, you know, in and out over this period of time trading. But I just think because of the multiple ways in which you can value players and, as I said, the platform developing with the order book and the amount of customers, I just get the feeling that it's going to be more, which I think most trading platforms are, you know, trend and sentiment driven on a quite a short, short basis, especially with the unknowns about dividends. You know, if we knew, for example, every 12 months dividends would increase, maybe people would think differently. But at the moment in the current market, it's really just, you know, As it's always been, but I just think even more so, everyone looking to think, what are people going to think to do next and just do that? So at the moment, it's the Euros maybe, before it was the start of the season, IPD players, people as a result of the scoring system, You know, players buying those players who would benefit. Uh, Then we get maybe into, I don't know, Champions League, January transfer window, which I know it's always been like that, but I just feel even more so potentially... Almost not throwing the other metrics out the window, but it's just because there are multiple ways you can't really hang your hat on one. So I, it's not a bad route, I guess, for most people, especially new traders, just to sort of go on the sentiment. But in terms of the valuing, I don't, I mean, the lifetime dividends thing, I understand it, but I mean, especially with the platform how it is now and not knowing again how it's going to develop, I can see the rationale behind it, but I don't think now is the time to sort of religiously use that method. I think now really is the time to use one of the other methods. I don't know how many of they are, but one would be the dividend-driven yield, one would be the cap app on whatever it might be, you know, a young player coming through, a potential transfer, et cetera, et cetera. The lifetime dividends thing, I get it, but I just think until you know how the platform settles and actually what's going to happen with dividends, you don't know what those lifetime dividends are going to be, really.
0: And I think the- it's definitely going to be more relevant when audit books are in place right because Mm. especially if the liquidity provided by football index is more limited than we think then it might come to fruition a bit more because you'll kind of be buying a buy price and you kind of have to think that maybe there might not ever be a sell scenario or that there could not be with some players especially if they're risky ones
1: yeah and i think again because of that there's going to be more I hope because this is what everyone was sort of aiming for was more opportunities and profitability by buying players and training them in and out of the order book rather than buying players because you think they're going to return their value over the course of their career. But even if you're not buying them to hold them to that long, even if you're valuing them on that basis, again, I still just think with the order book and um, the amount of customers, you can value someone now at X because you think, this is what he'll return over the course of his career. But again, one thing happens, you know, an injury, and and that valuation is pretty, you know, it goes out the window overnight. And then it goes back the next day when his injury is not so bad. And then it changes when the transfer to another club gets, you know, gets raised and all these sorts of things. So, yeah, I guess loosely you could think in those terms, but I just don't think in the future it's going to be the main way that most people peg their decisions to. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's the current strategy for a lot of people, but for some people it is. They kind of mm. see that as the most rational way to make buys and they like mm. thinking in that manner. And it's kind of a safe way to think in that manner mm. because you're always going to be buying net positive or positive estimated value buys um, for mm. what you're kind of investing in. So it's, mm. it's certainly interesting. I, I do agree that maybe now is not the time to put your hat fully on that kind of strategy especially with kind of the rises that we're seeing and the, the returns on offer from a percentage standpoint. But certainly when order books come in, it's going to be interesting to see that perhaps maybe that strategy is the safer one. And if enough people think it's safe, then mm. you could have a, a big combination of money in that kind of direction. But remains to be seen really, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, if it's something that the trend sort of moves towards, then that is the trend then that becomes the the sort of de facto way of, uh, of looking
0: at things Right, it's time to plug Index again so they've just released a new report the player fixture analysis report and you can find out who has the easiest fixtures in the next 30 60 or even 90 days which is a pretty useful tool so if you're kind of looking for who could be scoring assisting keeping clean sheets and winning use some in play dividends or maybe even Performance buzz if they do well enough, or if they're playing against weak enough opposition, you can head over to indexgain.co.uk. And if you do decide to sign up for their premium service, why not use my code FIG2020 for 50% off your first month? That's F I G 2020. The next question is from Dean Ross. As a completely new investor to the platform, do you recommend investing heavily early to build up a portfolio quickly, or working slower over time while learning the platform? naturally i only want to put in what i'd be able to lose but i wondered if you if it gives you any advantages
1: well if i think back to when i first joined i think everyone has these stories i think one of my first buys was danny Welbeck <laughs> probably followed closely by some other random i mean i always say to people just put in a bit to start with um don't put in i mean you're better off just saving up some cash and you know trying to scrape it away from i don't know what it is your beer money or your clubbing money or your whatever money and just keep creating a pool but in terms of the money you actually deposit into FI initially, keep it low low-ish ideally you know depending on what percentage of of money you actually can can put into this i, I ideally try and put in something fairly meaningful but something low-ish but still fairly meaningful that can uh, allow you to make a few trades and to see you know what happens with them and again i can't remember but it probably took me i don't know really realistically it probably took me about Probably more humble than say like a year to Mm. get to understand. And to be honest, it's an ongoing thing. I think everyone knows that there are so many different dynamics uh, and so many different trends that even now, to be honest, I still am trying to understand and and sort of learn every day. So it's not something which you can ever, I think, just get because, again, whether it's the the nature of people coming in or the traders coming in or what FA does with the product, I just think it takes um, constant, sort of not constant, but sort of just regular. Um, checking and updating and learning, so to put in a huge amount first thing I just think is is, is not sensible
0: yeah, I think that the second thing that he said there was or oh, working slower over time while learning the platform that's the one isn't it like mm-hmm. put, in, put in a few, Bob, and just try and understand the platform. A guy told me once that when he's investing in things, when he first buys a stock or whatever, and obviously this isn't the same it is a gambling platform it isn't regulated by the FCA it isn't a um Investment vehicle, but he always used to tell me that he puts in enough money that it kind of annoys him that he needs to research it to understand it better. So yeah. he doesn't put in a small enough amount that it doesn't matter to him. And that could be, you know, depending on your own situation, that could be five pounds, that could be 50 quid, that could be 500 pounds, that could be 2500 pounds. But I think put in enough that it keeps you interested, but not a gargantuan amount, and by no means put in any money that you can't afford to lose so always think that when you're depositing into FI or any betting website or even when you're buying any stock that that could go to zero at some point
1: i agree i think there are some people i know that you know reasonably decent paying jobs in you know london and they put in like 50 quid and they're and you know they go to i put in 50 quid and hasn't really done much and then they kind of they've left and again i think like you said it's depending on your disposable income it's got to be something that's fairly meaningful i mean for these guys that that wasn't that wasn't meaningful enough so it's just kind of something they forget or just kind of get in and then get out but it's interesting what you said about the um the fca because i'm sure i saw adam cole mention something in one of these interviews he mm. gave about the fca which i thought yeah. was really interesting or just completely misleading um <laughs> i don't know what you thought about that but it was kind of a shock kind of those ones where i think there's a meme where there's a guy that sort of looks up from his chair with a raised eyebrow it's basically one of those moments because it was uh, kind of strange to see it said by him. I wasn't too shocked. I
0: think a couple episodes ago with Gavin uh, taking value, he talked about how he found Bauer book, Bois book mm. before Football Index and they were regulated by the FCA, weirdly. Right.
1: right?
0: And it's not beyond the realms of possibilities. We talked about that on this podcast. If you guys want to go listen to it a couple episodes ago, um, we talked about how you know, could sports betting in the future become an asset class, right? Could (laughs) we speculate on um, horses, how we do the price of peanuts? I don't know, anything, right? Um, At the end of the day, the kind of psychological elements and the mechanics are, are very similar, but it's not beyond the realms of possibilities. Whether or not it happens is fairly, remains to be seen. But jumping into bed with someone like Nasdaq, who are a very reputable player in the financial industry, and they uh, a home to building some of the tech for some of the biggest exchanges of the world with you know millions and millions of trading volume in, in, uh, per minute or per second, then we're kind of edging to, and, you know, I don't really blame Adam for saying that that is something that could happen in the future.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, How that would work, one. I
0: have no idea, right? but
1: No, no. no. <laughs>
0: it would be uh yeah i I don't maybe neither of us are qualified to really talk about how that would (laughs) that would work but um sah89 has another question do you have a milestone which you want to reach before you really leave the platform before you really leave the platform what do you see growth wise in fi over the next 12 months and do you plan to still be on football index in 12 months time
1: so obviously the million is the big target so i'm about well, it's dropped a little bit in the last sort of week, so but I'm about 50 to 60 grand. I'm still going to name this ASP the one million pound trader. On the <laughs> nah, we'll do a proper one if I if I ever hit it. Hopefully I will. But um, yeah, the million pounds, definitely the target. Maybe thereafter. Yeah, no, thereafter, to be honest, I probably won't set any targets, but I don't know. I personally don't see this year as... Well, it's a confusing one because FI are always on about growth being a strategic objective, but I always saw, I see this year personally as again as I said more foundational, especially probably you know earlier on in the CI the next six months rather than the the, the, the back end six months. I, I personally always saw this as, as we said, getting the web getting the site ready ideally with some you know with some data, um, you know with a data site within it and getting the order book sorted. I always saw this as getting those two things you know set in stone in order to then grow significantly and maybe fairly quickly thereafter. I just don't see in the next six months, given all the things that have happened with the the tech and the late dividends, et cetera, et cetera, you know, how it would be rational. And even with the IPOs freezing, you know, rational to just suddenly grow this, you know, by any reasonable significance while that stuff is still not sorted. I mean, does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, I think that there's there's always kind of a... I think
1: they want to, but I just don't think they can at the moment
0: there's always a consolidation period with kind of anything in life before things go stratospheric, right? You can't always be in hyper growth mode, can you? Like it's not really possible to scalably function and grow like that. And There are very few companies that have done it successfully. But I think that if you've acquired a lot, and I mean a lot of users in that kind of January, February time at the turn of the year, way more than they had anticipated, that's kind of like they've recently moved office they've they've hired a ton of people they're only now probably uh, getting right into the weeds to try and lay those foundations as you call it block by block and then what they need it's important that you do it now because if you you know if you build a house on not very sturdy base that the higher you build the more likely it's going to fall and when it does fall it's going to be bad so i think from an fi standpoint yeah you're, you're right building the base and that foundation, the infrastructure to allow them to scale to become like firstly a European um, exchange or betting platform and then a worldwide one when the regulations in the US start to become less stringent and so on and so forth, then really the, the tech and the infrastructure that hopefully in Nasdaq can enable them to do so will become a lot, lot more robust and allow them to scale in a much more dynamic but kind of safe quote unquote way. We hope. We hope.
1: We can only, we hope. Hope. Be, we can we only hope. hope. We also hope. We also hope they'll be ready this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a company like Nasdaq doesn't move quickly, though. We have to remember that they're a massive, massive entity that aren't going to just snap their fingers and be like, "We're going to build this." Things at massive companies take a lot of time, and I think people mm. need to maybe have patience with that. For example, like FI, if they want to roll out a new piece of functionality on their app or whatever there's only kieran and then a group of product people and some devs that have to be kind of consulted and, and run through the roadmap whereas with nasdaq you're talking about a, an entity that has thousands maybe tens of thousands of people in it That so you mm. need like layers and layers of approval their dev team is probably like a 10 f- hundred times bigger than fi itself like the, the the scale of these things are sometimes hard to comprehend and that often incurs a bit more or a little bit less agility in their approach so i wouldn't be too surprised if we didn't see the tech or order books fixed for maybe the rest of 2019 i know you said you're quite qual- uh, confident that they'll happen this year but i do think that unless there's been a lot of this working season, in the background this, year, this, season. Uh, this season okay for maybe then but still i still i think that we, we really underestimate how slowly sometimes these things can yeah, can take definitely. to happen which would be you know not great and it'd be probably a shame and a disappointment for a lot of people but i think it's better to get these things right so that they can eventually scale to become massive and and you know sweep up millions of users rather than hundreds of thousands rather than kind of do something and then stumble at the first hurdle (laughs) yeah
1: you just know we're gonna get a situation after waiting for like two years like we had with uh Whatever it is, where you know it's a big announcement, and suddenly nothing works, All <laughs> the platform just sort of turns off for about an hour. That was a nightmare, wasn't it? With yeah, no, I'm sure that with this they know with this um, that it's a, that it's a biggie. So yeah, the more time they put into it, it's fine uh, by me. But in relation to would I be here in 12 months? Um, yeah, I mean I want to be. It's just as I said before, it's obviously being on for so long and having I think probably reached hopefully soon a goal that you want to reach. I think it's an important point for FI that they need to, whether it's me or someone else, have a product that is good enough from all perspectives that it's, you know, not just something that attracts someone for, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, one year, two, three, four years, but it's something that keeps them on for the long term. So yeah, I hope I hope to be, but as I said, I'm just waiting and hoping that um that things can move forward so that I look at it and say, Yeah, you know, I'm happy to I'm happy to be here and happy to be on it and, and be involved still. So FI Momentum says, uh, you've spoken
0: about the market cap in the past, and I believe it currently stands at £67 million. What figure do you think it will be at the January deadline day and the final of the Euros? Also, at what point do you think dividends will be corrected to reflect true single, double and treble days?
1: So I guess going back to what I said before, 1st of January or beginning or end of the deadline, I can't remember what he said, um, probably not that much more maybe I don't know 75 million maybe 80 million I don't, I don't know it depends I guess it depends on how many IPOs they do as well mm. I don't think it's going to be huge, a huge amount more by the euros uh again I, I don't know I just yeah the only I guess the first question is how close are we now on the current dividends to market cap I'd say probably well, we always think we're reasonably close and I think it always goes a bit more, but I, I, I think we're reasonably close. I think even after the share split, the market moved up pretty quickly mm. and then it's gone on another surge. You know, I don't see the value necessarily right then now, unlike, again, unless there was an order book. And I think that's the whole point really behind it is you know, if you brought an order book six months from now, I could see it working well because you're going to want to have the money you've got set around going in in buy orders, which is the whole point of it, so I don't think that it's going to grow a huge amount before then, and I and I did go even as far on limbs. So I don't think it's going to grow a huge amount before Euro twenty twenty, because of that reason. I think it's a, as I said, it's a foundational year. They need, to, and again, I remember saying this, and I think they denied it on the podcast that the share split was needed in the, in the, and and um, you know liquidity needed to be built and sort of compress the market to get the um, the order book implemented properly. But I just think that is still the case. We need to have a a tight market, which is very efficient and which has excess, basically, you know, money in people's wallets in order for them to put into the buy orders. I don't see how it's going to work otherwise. So growing the market and having people's money going into buying shares in the normal way, I just don't see that. I don't see that happening this year, personally. Uh, I see it being all about the order book and then encouraging people to, to place buy orders um, with their money.
0: How do you think that is going to work? Because I was speaking to, yeah, again, I think it might have been um, uh, taking value. He was talking about that is a big issue, right? That mm. um, there might not be enough liquidity in the market because people are spending a large portion of their cash balance just throwing around a few buy orders. And if they don't get taken up for a while, then that money's just kind of floating around doing not that much, right?
1: Mm. Well, two things. One is I think the market will be compressed enough and there'd be enough money in you know again the like you've seen the amount of um you know movement in the market and the weight of money that can go through it so quickly i think in a similar way the amount of money that can um, come into the market that's sort of lying around when it's introduced i think will provide enough liquidity but i think on top of that they'll probably i don't know what this is but they'll probably do something which um kind of encourages people to hold those positions and i don't know what that would be but i think when it's first launched They're gonna have to do something which encourages people to A, put the orders in, but also um, you know, hold them there for a small amount of time. I don't know what that is, whether that's whether that's something to do with commission on the on the ultimate sale of it. I was gonna say you could
0: no, you could even just split the commission on the buy and sell as one percent each and then make it so if you Use a buy order rather than the buy price, it could be like 0.75 or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, something around the commissions, some sort of incentive or encouragement. I think they'll probably do, but I just don't know what that is yet. I mean, obviously, I understand and I would have wanted the dividends, especially on the the triple day, I think, start triple day star man to have been up. But I actually think the balance is needed and the rebalancing of how they've done it was needed to make, you know, single match days attractive and and sort of the balance between all match days I guess a bit more weighted so that um, you know trading on every every kind of match day is is as active as possible I just still think yeah my main issue is just with treble days generally is that it's there are only what I don't know maybe 40 weekends of football a year maybe less if it's cup weekends but Hmm. everyone looks forward to those days Um, you know Saturday Sunday you've got everyone playing you could have 30 teams playing the dividends aren't really—I don't think—big enough. Obviously, that may change the future. But again, only one person can win from each position. It just seems, whether you want to talk about the dividends or tier BB or not tier BB, it just seems like those big days. I think could be bigger. Um, so yeah, I can see why people are are asking for maybe a bit more, a bit more weight on the Treble Star Man. I don't know what you think.
0: I think it kind of—you've talked a lot about in the past on the show about kind of it being intuitive mm. and i understand the balance point but if you're trying to explain to someone that uh, oh yeah
1: it doesn't make any sense
0: it doesn't make any sense and i just i can't see that being anything other than a bad thing they should just redeem it like
1: bronze silver and gold or something i don't know why they've kept the name
0: yeah it's it doesn't make yeah, sense. yeah yeah i think so it was interesting they changed performance buzz to match day dividends didn't they mm-hmm. um to not confusing to ipds which was which was quite interesting mm-hmm. um but the the single double treble thing i think it's just as important to do that as to open up the top 200 to yeah. make them all legible to for media like neither of those two rules make sense and they just should no. kind of be fixed i think yeah yeah what what are your thoughts on the, the kind of media thing then? Uh, were you were you happy because that was during your quote unquote hiatus that they decided to do that? Were you, yeah, is that something that you were happy with?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think we spoke about this like quite a while ago mm. uh, on the pod. So yeah, I'm definitely again I'm I'm glad they've done it. And again, it's strange now looking back that there are all these things that actually, again, to be fair to them, are getting done. You know, PB scoring, opening up the media, again, hopefully, new side order are coming. So yeah, I was definitely happy with that. I think it's a step in the right direction. Hopefully that'll lay the ground for opening it up to to the whole index and Europe. The only thing I wasn't sure about was um, I always envisaged when we were talking about it before, there being one index. So you go on and it's one index. But I think from one of the mock-ups that I saw from the new uh, UX guy that they brought on, it looks like they're still going to retain, in terms of the interface, the top 200 in the squad. Hmm. And But still have media in you know, called by the whole index, which I guess maybe it's okay. But I don't know. I just don't know why you can't have one index and have some filters. You can set yourself as to you know whether you want to show when you log on the top 10, the top 100, the top 500, whatever it is, and have those sort of options yourself. But I guess it's it's a small point. But yeah, overall, it's uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction.
0: Definitely. I think we can agree on that. Last couple of things that I want to talk about, one of which uh, we mentioned briefly earlier, IPOs. <laughs> um, what do you make of the recent first of all what do you make of the kind of for me what was quite worrying the basically the system completely breaking their kind of the fi's ledger system where money was being taken or players were being sold but not actually sold when those ipos were happening what what were you kind of thinking at that point
1: <laughs> that i've lost a million pounds <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think not. It was worrying, yeah. I think it's more just worrying. Not it's not worrying from my perspective. Again, I think when you're you know, you've been on for so long and you've ridden so many bumps along the way, you kind of just have an understanding that at some point it'll get better. But it's just again with the amount of new users they brought brought on board in the last year, it's just something you just wouldn't want to see. If you've if I would only been on for on this for a month or two or three and that comes up, you know I'm bricking myself and I'm probably you know either reducing my stakes or withdrawing completely. So. Yeah, it's just worrying. It's worrying, and, and it's not good. But again, it's uh, it's just something. I know we say this with everything. We hope that they will sort out in the future. Um,
0: and then, what about the recent um, overnight IPOs? What were your thoughts oh there? God, I just think because we chatted a bit on DM when this mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. we weren't exactly on the same page. We were mm-hmm. nearly in the same chapter, but
1: mm-hmm. I think with all of this, it's. I guess it's similar to. Well, I mean, it's not at all similar. But when we touched on the, the Lukaku stuff, I just feel like there should be clear thinking on things. And again, with FI, it's always, with everything, it always seems like two steps forward, one step back, something's not clear, something goes wrong, miss that. And these IPOs, it's the same thing. I mean, they, as you said, brought them back after saying, I think last season, I don't know what they said, but they went away for a long time. They came back. They were a total, like a total disaster, like an absolute car crash rightly so, I think they went away. And again, this is, I guess, similar to what we were saying about the... Um, actually, it's quite a good example in relation to what you are saying about operating in a different manner myself and me giving the example of people being either not intelligent or being emotionally irrational, whatever it is, or fearful with the PB scoring is because you've then got people, even though it was a car crash and the worst advert for the platform, still asking and demanding for them to be brought back. And I think genuinely they probably were thinking that, okay, let's just leave it. And then again, you see on the TL, I'm sure they got emails about people demanding that, you know, they want to buy this player. bring And them mostly back. new like,
0: users, isn't it? That's yeah,
1: and asking for like, I've asked for six months for this player to be IPO'd. I'm, I'm leaving if you don't put them all this sort of nonsense. It's just like, they should have just taken an executive decision, in my view, taken a step back, realized the whole system was not fit for purpose. Yes, it's unfortunate that we don't have all the players on that are playing but it's like we'll get there eventually and more so you know if we just wait we'll get them all on and we'll get more on that you know anyone can fill their boots in hopefully as i said a full database but just at the moment we're not in a position where we can do this properly so then to have obviously had a car crash not done them for a bit and then brought them back and then to not even say how they're even going to be done it's like i can get in theory people saying that there's never a good time and that's fine but At least, just say how it's going to work. Just say these are going to be released between zero zero oh one and twenty three fifty nine, i.e., twenty four hours, and then everyone knows. But for people just to wake up in the morning and for them to have just appeared, it's like when they weren't actually being done before, and then when they were being done previously, then being done at set time, it's just weird. I just found it really strange. Like, I don't know. Again, if it was a company that was like ten people in sort of someone's basement, fine, but. This sort of big, supposedly mainstream, you know, highly polished, well communicated company just dropping something like that, it, I just found it really, really strange, and not for me because I don't actually get involved in them because I can just never get them. I've done a few, but it's not something I'm ever involved in. It's more just from my perspective as a, as a whole. And I think you probably, yeah, we talked about this. You probably got a few different thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think there's a few things. I think that this wasn't as big as a disaster as the previous time, for sure i get that people are no one was awake (laughs) yeah because no one was awake and fair (laughs) enough like you know maybe it didn't have a chance to but some of them were were ipo'd throughout the day and it seemed to cope with it okay which is kind of positive i guess but if they'd said as you mentioned that they would be done randomly i don't think there could have been too much disgruntlement with that because there's never going to be a good time right you know If someone is IPO'd at three p.m., I might be a meeting, and if Mm. in a meeting, or if they're IPO'd at one a.m., I might be asleep. Like, or if they're IPO'd at seven p.m., I might be commuting back from work at the same as nine a.m. or eight thirty a.m. Like, there's never going to be a point where FI can just be like, right, this is when IPOs happen, and that's when they're always going to happen because that's going to be unfair on someone, and you can't please everyone. So for me, like, that's the one thing to think about, right? there's never going to be a point where everyone is pleased by the ipos i do think there are people that are genuinely upset probably like yourself who feel this is kind of like damaging for the product but i also think there was kind of a lot of i don't want to call it whining but like people that it seemed by their tone that they were kind of like entitled to oh 100 to to kind of like make money from these ipos which is not the
1: case right and again i'm sorry again maybe it's being unfair but that's how I read most of the tweets that I saw over the last however many weeks demanding them to come back it was basically not really for anything other than that people that do them a lot know that they can make quite a bit of money and so they're bored because they're not making as much money because they're not you know doing the IPOs. so it's not really like a genuine uh, request to have them back because again with the amount of customers that there are now and with the times you know not knowing when they're coming on it's actually very quite difficult to buy a significant amount of any of them but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's not a right there's two cases. One is there's not a right time, but if you're gonna do them, at least say not the specific time, but just say there is no right time, mm-hmm. so they're gonna just drop at any time. And I think that's fine. And no and you know, you could get them, you could be around when it drops, you could not, it could be at six AM, it could be at eight PM, it could be on a Sunday, whatever, that's fine. But just say that. I think the lack of any communication at all was just strange. There's just no need for it. I just don't see why they couldn't have just said, they're just going to drop at random times. And then I think that go.
0: was the main point. That was the poor point that people were... I think many people commented on it. Mm. A lot of the anger was kind of like, oh, why were they done while I was asleep? Or yeah, doing them get, just after get. midnight, after... Three months of waiting is ridiculous, but you can kind of like get ahead of that by saying they're going to be done at any time. Don't be surprised if it's at, yeah. you know, 2 a.m. Yeah. or 9 a.m. or 7 p.m. or 11 p.m. Yeah. Like, don't be surprised. They could be at any point.
1: Yeah. And again, in terms of the global sort of how I feel about FI, it's just, I just find it strange. You know, there was someone in FI that's basically looked at this last 12 months with IPOs and has made the decision each time to do they've done each time and it's just really strange that that someone hasn't just taken every sort of responsible in my view decision and just said all right look this isn't working when we do this there's complaints when we do that there's complaints we need a new system we're working on a new system let's just stop them i mean that seems to me again if i was running a company the responsible thing to do i don't know maybe you disagree
0: yeah no no i i agree with that i think it is strange that they looked at that and said let's do it without having a proper structure from a com standpoint in terms of how we approach this thing i think that was poor and i hope that this it's kind of like a test and learn situation where they've said okay well the tech didn't break so that's a plus <laughs> secondly like they all went like for the first time in a while they listed they said this is how many players are going to go and they all went they all ipo'd but everyone was upset that they happened at these random times but how do we get around that well we can't get around that in terms of ipoing them all at one time because our tech will fall down so what's the next thing we can do the next thing we can do is probably tell everyone that they're going to be ipoing at random times so that would be the logical thing to do in the logical thought process but i do think just you know staying on ipos for a little bit that there is a double-edged sword here with fi where you've talked about how they should have just taken an executive decision and stepped back and i think i said to you that well, if they don't IPO anyone, then it becomes a, a bit of a danger in terms of kind of inflating and propping mm. up the current market, which can lead to, as we saw the other day, right, where I think there was, uh, I forgot the guy's name, who, who keeps posting the, um, the stats for how many dividends, what the market cap is every day. He's a great guy. Mm. I've, I've spoken to him via DM. Sorry, I just can't remember his name. Sorry, mate. But he kind of said that on that day, the market cap had shrunk by about 0.6%. And you could directly correlate that to about the half a million pounds that had gone into the platform for Mm. IPOs. So, if that's kind of extrapolated, right, that's say two months or three months worth of non IPO activity. Say Mm. if they had taken nine months, then you're talking about kind of millions leaving the current holds, which I think could have been quite quite unhealthy and may have, might have snowballed maybe into something, not massive, but you could have seen maybe, you know, a 2%, 3%, 4%, 5% drop, which
1: could, would have put probably quite a few people off so you mean people taking more money out of holds in the expectancy of, of having ipos yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and i, and then, I think there'll be then they they'll could be have more just said there won't hands. be any
1: right if they could we, have just said yeah but won't. then eventually there has
0: to be some
1: <laughs> yeah but i but i guess what i'm saying is you would i would hope and again we don't know for sure that when they brought back a proper system if it was something like a bidding system that
0: yeah yeah that's that's that
1: hopefully point. that uh it would be sort of harder because you'd be paying a more realistic price rather than, again, everyone expecting to get them at you know fifty percent less than than what they could sell them for on the day. I, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, I, I agree. With you. It's just, and I guess in light of all the confusion, um, maybe if you again, again, I don't think you should do them, but maybe you, if you are going to do them like that, just just say it, just communicate it. Do you think
0: it's a potential solution, the kind of blind bidding thing? Do you think they could be able to implement that? Is it too complex or is that the kind of way to go?
1: Uh, To be honest, if I sat down and thought about it, I could probably, as in detail, I could probably have a stab at how it might work. Off the top of my head, I've tried to have a few thoughts about it generally, but I guess it, it would work something along the lines of you bid. Well, I thought it would work something along the lines of where you bid whatever you would pay for the player. And then basically the orders would fill down from a certain price. And then maybe, you know, so if you bid the most, you would um, you, you bid, say, a 1,000 shares at, say, £3. And um, then if you were the highest bidder, you, you'd get them at that price and then so on and so forth down. So, you know, if you wanted more shares, you basically have to pay more in order to bid more in order to fill up the orders more, if you see what I'm saying. I don't know if that's how it would work or if that's feasible, but I just know that, well, I guess it's Kieran's fault because he mentioned it on that podcast a while ago. So (laughs) that's what we're kind of all expecting. But something along those lines where you actually, it's the main thing is where it's more of a realistic reflection of the market's genuine demand rather than a sort of, again, micro market. And again, something that's really strange is that, you know, it's still so easy to just sort of buy them cheap and sell them high. You know, they should just turn. Is off or have some restrictions on them for like a much longer period, or I think someone else that have minimum share restrictions. Like you know, actually do more, given that they know it's a problem, do more around the parameters, you know, around how much you buy or how long you can um, not instantly sell them for to make it less gimmicky than it is now. And again, it's just they don't seem to do anything about that.
0: Yeah, I think the more I think about the blind bidding process, the more complex I think it would be what about a uh, another thing that's been speculated about is the max buy option so you can only buy a certain amount of a player when they're ipo yeah
1: yeah what i was just saying just then is if they do, did something around yeah. the number of shares you can buy like you've just said it again there are so many customers maybe it would still mm. you know pump up the prices it would at least it would give a more taste uh, give a bigger taste to people of of having a sort of equal playing field because they know that you know one person can't buy ten thousand futures so i think that's definitely i think that's definitely something they could do even now and should do so again it's frustrating they don't because i think yeah that's a good idea
0: and they could actually increase the number of ipos that are done on a given day so instead of having 15 or 20 you could do like 80 and that way if there's a max buy of say 500 futures or 300 or a thousand whatever it may be there's only going to be a certain ceiling that those players can go up because you know, there's 80 players IPO in that day, you're going to have to kind of pick your battles, aren't you?
1: Yeah. And also, you know, even with this current system, I mean, we've just had the summer transfer window. I mean, there's got to be so many sort of fairly average players in squads that you could IPO just to sort of have them in the system before you go for sort of, I guess, what many would consider, whether they are or they aren't, sort of the next big things and cause this sort of big kerfuffle because people you know, don't get them all on up at night. Just to, you know, just IPO the new Cagliari left back who's just arrived from you know the second division in Belgium. Like there are so many players which they who won't be on the system now. Just get them, get them on slowly, and then you're going to be closer to a point where you've got a better system.
0: Yeah, I think they need to get the players that are playing in the top five PB leagues up first and then focus on the kind of younger ones, even if there is pressure from kind of users, because from their standpoint, they're kind of losing money the fewer of these PB players are on board. And for us, we're missing the chance to kind of trade in play and speculate on some of these players doing well from a performance standpoint, even a media standpoint. So it's kind of, I think that would be my priority from an IPO standpoint. Yeah. What do you think of the kind of price action on some of these IPOs? Someone messaged me the other day and said, oh, I think it might have been PB man, he's a really smart bloke, but uh he kind of basically said if so and so had been IPO'd and you know, this player that he mentioned was about a pound on the index right now, he said if they got IPO'd right now at a pound, what price do you think they'd be? And he was like, I think they'd get to about 180 which is completely insane. Do you think there's kind of like this self fulfilling prophecy with IPOs now that no matter what price that they're put at, people just buy and buy and buy no matter what?
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can't remember who's IPA. There was yeah, uh, Thiago, What's his name from Argentina? The, the kid Almada. Almada, yeah, and it's Tarin, and it's like it's the same thing as always. You then peg them against the market, and uh, you know they're. I'm not saying they're overvalued because again, people can value them in different ways, but they're comparatively, you know, way, way over. You know, what a lot of other what a lot of other players are, even if those other players are similarly young players in the same position i think so yeah uh, yeah there's inevitable just hype on ipo days and fomo and then i guess just cold roof cold-blooded ruthless traders who just know that that's going to happen and so they just buy them uh, and do quite well out of it and, and fair play to uh to those that do
0: yeah fair play to those fair play to those uh, up early in the early ams to, to make that <laughs> money the last thing we're going to speak about is uh, fi raising some money so i think they allowed crowd yeah. uh, crowdfunded investors or private investors who had who'd invested before to invest again in a raise that i think they raised at about 34 million and they raised two and a half million pounds so they're, they're giving away just less than 10 percent equity yeah. what do you think is for me this was a clear indication into european ex- expansion quite soon i can't have yeah. thought that they were raising this money to consolidate the partnership with nasdaq that seems to already be mm-hmm. in place and the marketing stuff already seems to kind of be you know out there and running this Mm -hmm. for me was like we're gearing up to get ready into to go into europe
1: yeah i don't know so i guess does anyone know was this because they raised initially through cedars so is this another raise through cedars or this is just that this came up uh, in terms of the preemption rights that those that invested in cedars had i think it was a preemption right but actually the raise is being done not through cedars the actual main Raise, yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. i know what you mean yeah it was a preemption thing where those who had invested previously in cedars could do it again
1: Well, that's positive because it means that you know obviously cedars can be for any startup so they've obviously managed to get or will be able to to source the funding from you know i guess the more traditional markets that fund slightly more established startups which is positive because if they were just going back to cedars it kind of would have meant that they would have gone around the markets and not really got anyone. So they would have had to go back to Cedars to raise the money, which is obviously off your man on the street, which is um which would have been less good. So that's positive. But what it's for, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you say with NASDAQ that can be already catered for, but who knows? Maybe they've agreed it all and now there's a yeah, there's a bill to pay or they've got to pay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got to pay it over over instalments. I don't know. European expansion, yeah, I guess so. And and I guess in that case, what does that mean? Does that mean Does that mean just in terms of people to work on the actual, you know, visual or technical product? Is that actual operations that you need people in those countries or from those countries that speak the language in England to hire, or is it to deal with the regulatory or legal points around those countries? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I don't know, but I guess I don't. Do we know how much it is? Did you say two and a half million? I think it was
0: around about that. Yeah.
1: So that's. I mean, for a company that's grown to thirty-four million. I mean that's not it's a lot but it's not it's not a lot a lot mm. if you know
0: what i mean so well i mean I if guess- you're valued at 34 million like you're not how much are you really going to give away right what
1: did they raise wasn't the raise before like a million and a half or something when it was like 5 million when it was like 6 million or something i can't mm. remember
0: yeah yeah i think maybe they're less desperate just think for you- finances at this point
1: yeah 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 possibly yeah i guess what could it be yeah, international expansion potentially maybe Maybe that's something to do with Nasdaq, but I don't know. It would be maybe something you can get if you ever have that a uh, podcast with them. Maybe you can get them to give you a few nuggets, but they probably won't because it's commercially sensitive.
0: Um, so, uh, do you think this is the kind of the financially the strongest position they've been in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, and I can't remember. I think you had maybe it was for taking value. I think people still don't get that they take deposit, they take bets, i.e players that you buy as profit as well Mm. and whether they book that all and are able to you know utilize all of that who knows but definitely on cedar's business plan initially you know profit was noted as anything they take in bets plus commissions and then obviously you've got instant sales so i mean with the amount of movement we've kind of all forgotten what we thought realistic prices were i mean if you do the multiplied by three from before the share split and look at some of the prices I mean, some of them, if you told us, you know, they were going to be like that 12 months ago would have just been absolutely ridiculous. So not only that, but then the trading as we, as we kind of were worried about before, you know, I, what happens when the market looks like this and some people thought trading would happen, you know, within sort of price ranges, which is actually what's happening now. So you're getting sort of prices of a player, three pounds, he goes down to 250, he goes up to 280, he goes up to 340, he goes down to 270. So that sort of constant movement, it, it is kind of happening. Mm. i think i don't know if you if you disagree but it, i think there's a good amount of trading and obviously when the prices go down and then players get bought back if there's no queue those are further deposits and then you've got instant sell I, I don't see when f i could have ever been healthier than it is now
0: yeah i think that i recently just published a video actually how how the football index make money because i thought it was one of those things that if you're kind of doing your Due diligence into kind of putting some money into the thing that people would be searching for, and uh, I was kind of like, as I was doing the video, I think it took about seven or eight minutes to kind of explain the three different ways. Right, it's the the bets that are placed, the commissions, and then the the instant sell, the kind of spread that they can maneuver mm-hmm. and and play with in each player and and kind of toggle their kind of PNL how they like. I was mm-hmm. kind of like, they're probably doing quite well at the moment. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think this is only the beginning. I mean, obviously, it's economies of scale. So you can, obviously, hypothetically, it's very difficult to take a long time, but you could times the market by 10 and have a, if that guy said it was 67 million out, you could have a 670 million market, but you're not going to need 10 times the start. You know, you're mm. not going to need, you know, 10 times the, the headcount. So you can increase profitability. And um, you obviously, you need to increase costs a little bit. But obviously, that's just the nature of how things scale. So if they're profitable now, it only bodes well for, for when they scale, which, again, can only help us because you know, hopefully they can um, not give away more in dividends, but um, it'd be feel more confident given their uh, financial state that is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm hoping there's no road bumps. Maybe, maybe Brexit will completely destroy us. I know that recessions are traditionally, you know, gambling products are, are recession proof, but this isn't a traditional gambling product, is it? So I've seen some yeah, commentary no on that. Thing.
1: It's no bad thing that that's happening, again, What in what we hope is a foundational year. So maybe we hope, come the end of this season, you know, politically things have changed, even though I don't think it really has a massive effect. But you never know what could happen in the next 12 months. But after that, <laughs> you know, they've got everything sorted. Um, it's in a pretty, pretty good position.
0: Yeah, Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see on that. Any other business, anything that we've, we haven't covered that you want to cover,
1: ASP? No, I mean, obviously the only other road bumps could be alternative platforms that some rogue large trader on football index tweets tweets out over the course of four months that <laughs> could compete but uh, no i think they're very different products um to fy so yeah i think as i kind of probably say every time we talk it's going in the right direction but uh just needs to <laughs> and i definitely remember saying this before just needs to, to not stop and not let up on that, on, on the improvements and the innovation
0: momentum is everything isn't it like they just need to continue to move in that right direction as you mentioned and i think continuing to innovate is quite important
1: yeah i think now i remember it my favorite i think line from this from this conversation was when you said uh me thinking here i am with a million pounds in my portfolio and you said oh well the tech the tech didn't break so that's a plus <laughs> so yeah that's something hopefully we can eradicate from conversation i'll feel a lot better about it
0: yeah i think the tech's at the 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 utmost of their priorities i'd hope where can people find out more about you if they don't know who you're already
1: if you feel like uh following me it's at sp football index and yeah (laughs) you can dm me if you want you can uh tweet me i'll try and reply but i'm not hugely active as i've always said there are way better people to follow in the fi twitter community yourself being one um SATD is always good and there are a few others so um yeah follow me if you want but uh, i can't guarantee i'll be of that much use or that much interest
0: thanks very much for coming on man and giving up what's nearly two hours of your time if you guys are-, <laughs> are commuting right now have a great commute and probably a commute back as well considering the length of this one if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing uh, have a great day tending to your garden or you know, attending to someone else's garden horses or whatever it may be and sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions we uh, simply didn't have the time and obviously we had to get the uh, elephant in the room out the way for the first 30 40 minutes before we really got stuck into the fi side of things thanks very much for watching guys and uh, please do subscribe leave a review and uh, tell your friend about the podcast tell your friend about football index for god's sake rather than uh, my podcast that can come later thank you very much for listening everyone cheers